over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona homeowners, and thank you for staying tuned in to Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. It's where we talk about anything and everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you've got a question about repairing, maintaining, or remodeling your home, give us a call. We should be the first place you start. The number is one 767 4348 As you heard in the last hour, uh, I've been here building and remodeling since the uh, 70s. Uh, back when we used to build whole subdivisions before we sold, we didn't build model homes. We would build the whole subdivision and we would chain it off. And then we would open the gates at five o'clock Saturday morning and everybody would line up and they'd take a soul tag out of a five gallon bucket. And we would open the gate and everybody would run, the fastest runners would get to the house that they want to hang the soul tag on. And then they'd go into a portable trailer and all the deals would be made. The financing would be put in place. Well, things have changed a lot. But I've been here for that amount of time. So put my building and remodeling experience to work for you. It's free. one 767 We have a guest in this hour that deserves a distinguished service award. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to custom design the distinguished service award for Rosie on the House guest. And the reason is because I've been trying to put a panel together of building department experts that would come in and visit with me on air. And I'd get a hold of department heads in the cities I work in all the time. I'm on a first-name basis with many of these folks. Uh, Would you come in and visit with our homeowners on air? Uh, Rosie, I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, well, let me think about that. Let me go up the ladder. I'll find out. Finally, I get a response. From the Public Information Officer, City of Phoenix, Miss Angie, and she says, I got you covered. I got you covered. We'd be happy to come in. So we have this morning Miss Lisa Herzog. Now, she is the Residential Plan Review Coordinator. Now, um, I'm glad you and I now are on our first name, basis, that's for sure. Uh, and thank you so much for being willing to come in. We're, we're not going to. There's nothing frightening. I don't know why everybody else is so afraid to come in. I don't either now, having gone through this. We're good. We're good. So what is the Residential Plan Review Coordinator? Um, Residential Plan Review Coordinator works with uh, the plan reviewers with the City of Phoenix in the residential division and uh, make sure that the plans – Uh, get through in a timely manner, if at all possible. And we also, if uh, customers that have projects that come in 
have concerns, perhaps they feel that something isn't being looked at properly or uh, things along that line, they will reach out to me and I try to solve problems and uh, figure out ways to get projects moving forward. Sometimes I don't always have the answers that the customer wants to hear, but we try to work to get it resolved in a timely manner. Well, it's interesting to kind of go through the list of things that do require a permit and that don't require a permit. One of the things we're getting ready to do is, is launch an enhanced real estate purchasing program. And we're actually, when you've made an offer on a particular home, one thing I love about City of Phoenix is I can put an address in y'all's program and find out what's the permit track record for this house. I can tell that back patio has been closed into a sunroom. I know it wasn't built like that. I can go find out, was it permitted? Mm-hmm. Who permitted it? And it, 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 it could tell you, it, it could answer a lot of questions about that particular product. So I, I love y'all's database. Uh, I love the shape Phoenix. And that's been now, what, two years? No, just over a year. We just, went okay. live uh, June 6th of 2022. So we just had our first year anniversary. We just finished a kitchen remodel for one of the men that wrote that program, uh, and we're actually submitting his kitchen for a, a national award. It's really a very nice kitchen Sweet. remodel. Yeah. So we were one of the very first to submit under that program, and it worked quite well. Let's talk a little bit about, I was surprised when you sent me this document. All the things that you could do without a permit. Yes. Now, Gary, this may surprise you, but in the city of Phoenix, point three, you can build an oil derrick. <laughs> Without a permit. <laughs> now, Lisa, how many oil... De- <laughs> Who wrote this document? So, actually, this is taken from the building code. Okay. So, and we have adopted the 2018 IRC and IBC. Okay. And this then, this becomes part of our Phoenix Building Construction Code. So, yes, while some of them may seem a little bit outlandish for a residential project. I was tickled. There is, there's a reason why these are in there, because it complies with the code. Okay. All right. Now, the first point, so I jumped down a few because when I saw mm-hmm. that, I thought, oh, I can do it well, Derek. Um, the first one is probably the one that comes into question the most often, my backyard storage shed. Yes. What, when can I, how big can I go and where can I place it? At what point do I need to permit that backyard shed drop. Okay, well, there's actually two issues that, well, okay. I shouldn't say issues. There's two points to address there. So anything under 200 square feet okay. that is a storage unit that does not have electrical or plumbing run to it does not require a building permit. Okay. However, the placement on the lot, it is very good for a homeowner to always reach out to our site planning department and make sure that where they're placing it on the lot is okay based on how that property is zoned. So you have to, it's not just whether a building permit is required, is does it meet the zoning requirements in regards to the setbacks, front, side, rear. And all properties can be a little bit different. So it's best to reach out to the site planning department and say, is it okay to place this at, at this site on my lot? Under 200 square feet. Correct. No plumbing. 
Correct. No electricity. Yep. But chances are you're not going to be allowed to put it right up against your neighbor's fence where the roof sheds water into his yard. Correct. Chances are you're not going to be able to put it right up against the back wall, the back fence of the property. That is correct. Those are property setbacks that change based on what your subdivision is coded. And we, we can get some of that preliminary information off the county assessor's map. Uh, it's kind of handy. But that only gives you a vague idea. Mm-hmm. Those property lines on the county assessor maps aren't surveying accurate, but they give you an idea. Then you can look up the zoning. Then if it's a R110, City of Phoenix, I just go to Google. I put Phoenix R110. And y'all's data spits up everything pertinent to R110. Backyard, side yard. Yes. Cumulative. It's all right there. Front yard. So one thing that I could mention about that, you talked about our database. Um, It sometimes is a good idea to do some research also and to know when – you might have a situation, let's say a homeowner purchases a property and there's something in place that was permitted many, if it's an older property, was permitted years ago. There no, is a situation. Now, if you talk to the Here homeowner, those are grandfathered in, at least. Well, no, that, and that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. So if there's something that's there that has been grandfathered in, before you remove it, it's a good idea to check with the city because if it's a legal non-conforming structure, you maybe don't want to just demolish it and remove it or adjust that portion of a carport or whatever. Check first before you do that because if it's legal non-conforming, you may not be able to build it back to the way that it was prior. That is an extremely critical point. Mm-hmm. Don't get carried away till you check with the city and see what your options exactly. are. You know, that that kind of touches on another uh, point as well. Um, how about if your uncle came over and did some work on the house while you were on vacation that did require a permit that he never bothered to pull a permit? How can How can I... How can I come clean on those? <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> it does. Oh, Uncle and, Ned. You know, oh, yeah. Uncle Ned. No, it does. And one thing if I could convey that people don't need to be uh, concerned or worried about how they're going to be treated if something was done along that lines. While the city of Phoenix would like people to pull permits prior to doing the work, it does happen. People do work without permits all the time. We're there to help. Our uh, information line, our residential counter can give information, and we can definitely assist homeowners through the process to get whatever they uh, did legal via a permit if it is allowed. And all of the City of Phoenix permitting and zoning department, it's still all there in the Will Bruder City Hall building? City, yes, City uh, I mean, Hall. That's a beautiful building. Second uh, floor, yes, sir. And third floor has our uh, records if people need historical records or need to do a little bit of research beyond what they can find on the online database. And I will hand City of Phoenix this, that uh, y'all are about as homeowner friendly as any building department there is. And there are other cities that are friendly, but a homeowner could actually walk up with little to nothing more than a sketch on a piece of paper. And y'all, y'all will take the time to kind of say, okay, 
Let's pull the plat map. Let's pull the zoning. Let's see what you can and can't do. Y'all have always been very homeowner friendly. So my hat's off to City of Phoenix for that. I, but I do have to ask you a question. Y'all had homeowner night for a long time. Does that still go where any homeowner could show up on like a Tuesday night and virtually ask any question they wanted? You know, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, That's a it's little been bit a long bef- time ago. I was yeah. going to say it's a little bit before I came to the city of Phoenix, but I do remember that. No, that is not something that we do. Perhaps we need to but consider well, something but you, along that But, but that y'all, line y'all are again. so friendly up there. You, it probably wasn't needed the way y'all handle everybody walking anyway. We'll be back with Lisa Herzog, the residential plan review coordinator for the city of Phoenix. If you have a question about something you'd like to do and you'd like to talk to a plan coordinator, this would be your opportunity at one 767 4348 Well, it's 110 in Gila Bend. In Buckeye, it's 102. Summer's here and I just can't find a way to stop loving you. So I drink cold beer and I turn on the fan. There's really nothing I can do. You've been gone about three months too long and I can't stop loving you. I've never heard that song. <laughs> Thank you, Gary, for digging that one up. That's the Dusty Chaps from the 70s out of Tucson. Okay. I, found it, uh, I found it last year, and I said, i got to use this song. Somewhere along the line, we've got a place for that one, right? <laughs> All right, well, I've never heard that one. We're here this morning talking about plans and permitting. Uh, I'm, I am a, 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 a voice box to your conscience. I tell people all the time, if it needs a permit, pull the permit. Get the permit. I'm distressed by how many things require a permit that also require a licensed contractor to do it and how many licensed contractors are willing to do it and never pull the permit. That distresses me. That says something about that particular contractor in my mind. So we're talking here with Lisa Herzog, who's Residential Plan Review Coordinator for the City of Phoenix. And we've talked a little bit about sheds and what you can or can't do with a backyard shed. Um, Can I ask an angle, a question on that? Sure. How about if I'm very suspicious, the shed that just got dropped in my neighbor's yard is a violation? So What, What are my options then? (laughs) There are options. Obviously, you can uh, approach your neighbor if you feel comfortable about that. Start there. Yes, I was going to say start there. But if that doesn't work, you can uh, reach out to the city of Phoenix. Uh, You can contact the planning development department at 602-262-7811 and uh, mention that you have a possible non-permitted construction uh, situation. They will ask you to provide your name and phone number, obviously, because they would like, if they need a field inspector, when they go out to follow up on that, to reach out to them. You don't always have to give that information if you would prefer not to, but they they do, it does help them if the field inspector needs to reach out to somebody. So that is an option to find out if, in fact, it's non-permitted construction. Or you can also call our residential information line. This number is 602-261-8800. 
8078 and leave a message and say that you would like to find out if there is a permit on file or in place for the work that's being done. So that there's two two avenues. The last number that I gave is more to find out if, in fact, there is a permit for that. Okay. The first number is, hey, I know something's going on that shouldn't be going right. on. This is who I'd like okay. to call. All right. I don't think people ought to be as intimidated as a lot of them are about contacting the building department. Correct. Just call and talk. You right. Okay. Or may or make an appointment. We have a wonderful uh, with the new shape Phoenix. You can make appointments online. Uh, set up. Come in and visit with our residential counter if you have concerns. Especially if, as mentioned earlier, if the uncle came in and did some work <laughs> and you want to address it, please come uh, reach out to us. We're happy to help get that resolved for you. And and it's worth going down to the city of Phoenix building department. Again, I, I mentioned to me, just it's a beautiful building. It is. Uh, Will Bruder, local architect, uh, fantastic building. It really, it's, it's worth going down there just to see the building. Other things that don't need a permit. I was surprised that in some cases, in a lot of cases, fences and retaining walls don't require a permit. Right. So there's certain height restrictions on a fence. So uh, if Anything that is above 40 inches requires a permit. That's height. And understand that fences, it's not a, unless it is a retaining wall, it's not from a building code standpoint. Once again, we come back to zoning. Okay. It's the placement of the fence on the lot and the height within the front uh, setbacks, and they have restrictions on that. Unfortunately, that's not an area that I'm totally familiar well, with. Well, and every zoning but, is different. So right. I mean, you'd, have to, you'd have to have them all memorized. Exactly. Yeah. So, But it's, it's more for the placement to make sure that it's properly placed on the lot for the zoning for that property. I don't need a permit to paint. No. Put on wallpaper. Nope. Uh, how about Shade cloth structures, shade sails. So, shade sails. They've become pretty popular here. Oh, you know what? We're going to have to answer that after okay. the Gary, Gary's just giving me a cue here, Rosie. You're gone long. So, when we come back, shade sails become very popular the last 10 years. Uh, boy, I see a lot of them this monsoon season, last monsoon, where it and the fascia board's all in the neighbor's yard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're here this morning with Ms. Lisa Herzog, the Residential Plan Review Coordinator. Uh, that, that really is kind of a fun job. Uh, when, 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 a, when a homeowner calls me for a remodel, uh, you know, Lisa, the first thing I do is I, I, I go on the county assessor's map. And I, I kind of start looking at, okay, what's the plot size of this? What's the parcel number? Uh, she mentioned on the phone she wants to do a master suite addition off the northeast corner of the house and I, I start kind of looking at it before I ever go out to the house uh, with I mean Google Earth has eliminated half of my trips out to go see houses because I could just call her back and say 
you know, I'm sorry, but where you want to put that from? <laughs> uh, one, you're in a floodplain zone, and you know, but I love how accessible all this information is now. It is. It's a it's a wonderful age we live in that we can get a lot of the information that you needed used to need to make multiple trips down to whatever jurisdiction you're trying to obtain the permit from. So yes, it is. It's uh, you can with the city of Phoenix, we have our shape Phoenix portal that you can get online. And if you set up an account with your address, then that gives you the opportunity to pull permits um, and uh, do research on the project. And so and you corrected me during the break, and I appreciate you doing that. You mentioned – I mentioned licensed contractors not pulling permits kind of kind of upsets me. I did not know water – I thought water heater replacement was a licensed event, a permanent event every single time. No, it's not. So if a licensed contractor installs your water heater uh, – they do not need to pull a permit. It's when someone – so uh, if I tried to install one, a my homeowner own – homeowner does it Exactly, himself. because okay. they want that uh, inspected to make sure that it is installed properly and okay. will function properly. All yes. right. We're going to talk a little bit more about things that do need a permit. But right now, let's see if we can take a couple. We've got Mary and we've got Andrew. Let's take Mary calling first. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Maisie and – I wanted to say, let's see, I want, I wanted to shade the cars in my driveway for a long time, and I live near Scottsdale Road in Thomas, and I did actually go into the planning and development office and talk to them about this about 10 years ago, and it seemed that I wasn't allowed to build something over my driveway, so my neighbor across the street, they built, it's like a carport over their driveway and then two poles or two pieces of wood that hold that up, and it's shade for their cars, and I asked them if they got a permit, and they said no. So I'm just wondering if it seems like the city didn't ever notice this because they did this about four years ago, and so I'm just wondering if the city saw that, would they tell them to take it down or tell them they have to get a permit? Or Okay, Mary, we appreciate the call. Now, I will tell you this. Lisa is from the city of Phoenix, so she's not going to be able to speak for the city of Scottsdale. But let's say this happened in Phoenix. How would y'all deal with it? So in the city of Phoenix, if there is a, um, construction that has been completed that was done without a permit and you suspect that, you would reach out to the neighborhood services uh, department. They are the ones who would uh, take a look and reach out to the homeowner and find out if they had a permit on file for that. The only time that with the city of Phoenix that non-permitted construction gets involved is if it is active. So in other ah, words, okay. if somebody starts doing something, they pull it, they put drop the dumpster and they start ripping out and doing demo and it there are no permits on file if somebody calls and reports that or if a field inspector or a non-permitted construction inspector is in the area and happens to see it, then they can start the process to investigate and understand that they'll investigate to find out if, in fact, there is a permit in place and, or if plans have been submitted 
for the permit. They may issue a stop work order, but they also give the customer about 30 days to start the process to obtain the permit before it goes to the violation and additional fees and that are charged. I think what's important for Mary to know, this is a project she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The neighbor did do it, probably without a permit. And just because the neighbor did it doesn't mean that gives you permission to do it. And I tell you what, Barry, I mentioned about how friendly City of Phoenix is in their building department. City of Scottsdale with the one-stop shop, I've, I'm in there on a regular basis. Just go in there, pull a number, wait your turn, and ask the question. Go in there and just start talking to them about it. They'll, they'll have plenty of information for you. All right, Andrew's calling, and he has, all I know is he has a permit question. Let's see what, how we can help Andrew. We're here with Lisa Herzog from the City of Phoenix Building Department. She's a residential plan review coordinator. Andrew, what's your question? Hi, you may have already answered it because uh, I was between your break and when he came back, and, it, and basically the neighbor may have encroached on my property line with a fence. Now I found out you don't need a permit for the fence, but what do you do if they possibly encroached on your property line? Very good. Okay. So that is something that you would need to speak with the zoning or site planning department to find out uh, if, in fact, there. so fences do need permits if they exceed certain heights. So you said that there that you mentioned that they didn't need a permit, that's not correct. They if they exceed forty inches or if it's a retaining wall that has a surcharge on it, then that requires a permit, permit. as well. And then anything over seven a fence over seven feet requires engineering. So a fence does need a permit. So that would be something that you would address with the site planning or zoning department to determine the placement of that fence. And then if you discover that there was not a uh, – excuse me, I'm stumbling. If there wasn't a permit in place for that, then they the neighbor could go through the process to get one. One of the reasons why there is a permit is for the inspection. It's not per building code but it's for the placement of the fence on that lot. And if there's a question, then there's a survey requirement that they can ask for if need be. So, we are, Andrew, we appreciate the call. Thanks, man. Appreciate the question. I hope that gives you some direction on what to do with that fence you're suspicious of. We were talking about fences that don't require permits. That's a very narrow field of fences. They're low uh, but if he's put up a full five or six foot tall fence between your backyard and his backyard, that should have had a permit. Now, I want to go back to what y'all did a, a year ago in this Shape Phoenix. What, describe that for the homeowner and what that gives them. And um, a lot of electric vehicles are being bought right now. We just bought one. Um, we did not have a charger in our garage. So I needed a permit to put the battery charge. I think I, lo- I logged online. I think it took me about six minutes to have my building permit in hand. Was that with the city of Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> because I believe we look at car charger, uh, those are not a quick permit. Okay. But I think what you're talking about with our shape Phoenix portal, uh, 
it gives a customer the ease of being able to log on. They can purchase if they need a field consultation and they would like to uh, have an inspector come out for future work or if there's been fire damage to determine the extent of it, they can get that online. We used to kind of call those courtesy visits. That, you know, it, they're just so productive. We shied away from courtesy because there is a charge for it. Okay. There is a $150 right. charge for it. it. So, um, But the water... Re- Water heater replacement for electric or gas that is not done by a licensed contractor. A repipe. So if somebody's having their um, house repiped with one, two, or three bathrooms, that's a quick permit. can be just pulled online. Um, minor plumbing work or repairs. So if you have an emergency repair, you can get that on online. Gas line repairs, a gas clearance, uh, electrical clearance, Upgrade of a panel. So if you have a panel change out, yeah. if you've got an older 200 amp or a 100 amp and you're going to go to a 200 amp or a new 200 amp, that can be purchased online as well. So they, it makes it a lot easier that they can pull those simple permits and have those, you're right, the same day once the fee is paid. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is a very common event. Um, uh, COVID uh, put me working from home. Uh, the spare bedroom didn't have enough receptacles. Uh, I, I plugged in a power strip to my 15-amp circuit, and it had six plugs on it, and that wasn't enough. So then I plugged another power strip into that part. Now I had 11 plugs, and now I've got my printer, and I've got my, uh, my, my monitor, I've got my computer, I've got my entertainments. I've got it all plugged in on that one. And Uncle Ned comes over and says, uh, that's a fire hazard. Let me, let me give you, let me convert that two-plex to a four-plex, and then I'll add another four-plex over there. Then you'll have eight plugs. <laughs> when, when do I need a permit for all that? So anytime you add electrical outlets within a circuit, you should obtain a permit. So, um, yeah, if and I don't recommend the multiple power strips. <laughs> that <know>. is <laughs> a little dangerous. It is. It is. And the, when, when we build to code, we're told how many receptacles we can put on that 15-amp circuit how many receptacles we can put on that 20-amp circuit, how many recess cans. So if I'm adding anything, uh, it ought to be permitted so somebody can get there and do a verification that we may remain within the safe carrying capacity of that wire. Right. Um, A common thing that happens is, and people don't realize sometimes, with ceiling fans. So you may have a light fixture, but if you go to replace it with a ceiling fan, you should pull a permit for yes, that. Yes, you should. And there's reasons for that. With the support, there's code-compliant boxes and braces that need to be utilized. So if you're replacing a light fixture with a ceiling fan, you should be pull- pulling a permit. Now let me ask you another question. I'm in that office, that home office, and now I've gone back to work. Mm-hmm. So I can take all my computer equipment back to the office. But that one receptacle that I had multiplied 11 times, now I want to move it just up the wall for a, for a, a, a big screen TV. If I'm not adding, if I'm just relocating that junction box, do I need a permit for that? 
Technically, yes. Okay, but... I, I just wanted to set the. <laughs> I just wanted to clear the record. That's all. Okay, I agree. I agree. Okay, now I've got a now I've got a bomb of a question for Uh-oh. you. You're gonna love this one. Uh, let Let's bring the caller in on the Airbnb. <laughs> all right, is this Alan? Yes, it is. All right, Alan, you've got the residential plan <laughs> review coordinator here on air, and you've got. Well, You've got a, a very interesting question here. Yeah, and I got a little bit of a lead up to it. Um, the, so the, the house next to me, um, we changed their big house into a resort. And the outbuilding, I called the city and they stopped the cease and, and building on an outbuilding that they were converting to bedrooms. Now I walked the dog by the house attached garage and those, there's bedrooms in there. And then if you look on their website, they show the bedrooms in this garage. Okay, all right. All right, so we're, like he says, his neighbor's converting a home into a short-term rental resort, and the more bedrooms he can get, oh. Okay, so the a permit would be required for what we call a conversion. So if you have an existing garage, you would be converting that garage to livable, and there a permit is required because you would need – you need to stop. <laughs> I, 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 I do, Lisa. And that okay. carport to garage conversion is something I want to come back to. Okay. And which will help answer this question for Alan. Because I don't think people realize all the things that need to be done to do that correctly. That sounds good. We're all about putting a smile on your face. Becoming every Arizona homeowner's best friend. So we're here with Lisa Herzog from City of Phoenix, Residential Plan Review Coordinator. And Alan has called in, and he's got a neighbor that's turned his house into a short-term rental resort, and he's adding bedrooms and every square inch of the property. Let's Let's just assume that's my neighbor, okay? Okay. Lisa, what would you tell me to do? Okay. So if you are looking into what your neighbor is doing, once again, I would contact uh, the department and say, I believe that there is non-permitted construction going on. If it is, in fact, active at the time. If it isn't, then you would need to reach out to our neighborhood services department and say, this seems to have happened. I don't believe that there's a permit in place for this. But let me also add on to this okay. that if it were in turn, if you were wanting to convert your garage to livable space, create some additional bedrooms, mm-hmm. there's a process that you need to go to. First and foremost, you're going to need to get that site planning approval because not only are you converting that garage to livable space, you're taking away the parking behind the front setback lines. That's right. And there are zoning requirements in regards to off-street parking. And just merely parking in the driveway does not necessarily meet those requirements. So you either have to provide off-street parking behind the front setback lines on dust-proof parking or you have to comply with the those zoning requirements. So that's one section of it. We have a whole section on our website describing to people, if you have a carport and you want to enclose it to a garage, 
there's a lot more than just throwing up a two-by-four wall down on the concrete slope slab and throwing up a garage door. There's some real code concerns, the fire code concerns, grading concerns. Right, because you don't know what is adjacent to that carport and or so we're dealing with carport but you don't know what's around that carport so the customer needs to provide us with a floor plan so that we can make sure that egress is available Uh, they have to provide emergency escape window that meets the appropriate requirements and there needs to be insulation if this is going to be livable space has to be able to be cooled Arizona we're not quite is concerned about the heating part, yeah. more the cooling. But um, so, yes, there are definitely uh, requirements that are needed. And that's, an, again, they can visit with a residential counter or uh, make an inquiry, and we're happy to help. And I know this is a little bit outside your jurisdiction, but down there in South Scottsdale, there were a lot of masonry homes built, and the kitchen window mm-hmm. looks right into the carport. Yep. And then they enclose that into a garage. And the first thing I have to tell them is, that wind is a violation. <laughs> so anyway, well, I am going to invent a, uh, a trophy for you and for Miss <laughs> Angie because I've been trying to get people from the building departments to come in and visit about these kinds of questions really for quite a long time. And now that I've got you willing to show up, you're now going to be on my speed dial. Okay. <laughs> It sounds like a play. <laughs> right. I, I can't thank you enough for coming in. Folks, we covered a lot of ground here at Rosie on the House today. We talked. We started by talking about um, plants that are acclimated to the desert. We talked a long time about the desert willow. I'm sold. Uh, that's the next tree I'm buying. We talked about insulating your masonry home with Dennis Rodenberg of Thermal Advantage. If you're in a masonry home and you're not sure about its insulation, I tell you, call Dennis and get a free evaluation. And again, Distinguished Service Award for Lisa Herzog.